Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Hello, friends. I am serving as conductor today because it's time to finally have a proper lesson in just what the fuck shoujo actually is. Stina, help! There's no new manga this week besides Chainsaw Man. All our basic ass shonen manga. Rest easy, I have brought you the most shonen shoujo I possibly could. I bring you One Piece with cross-dressing. Well, from the get, rather. There's plenty of cross-dressing in One Piece. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, that's just One Piece. Mm -hmm. Just wait, Val, as you go along, it gets so much crazier. Um, so do we wanna just dive into this thing? Just dive right into it. We'll do Chainsaw Man at the end of the hour here. All right, the manga we're gonna be looking at today is called Basara. And uh, it's very vintage. It came out in 1993 um, is when it started serialization. And it won actually the award for like best shoujo that year. Um, because it is in fact a shoujo, which I think confuses some people um, just because it's like, it deals with a lot of themes that I think people are like, oh, shonen owns that. If it deals with that, it's a shonen. Um, that is not the case here. Uh, but I understand I was also supposed to bring the author's name. Uh, her name is Yumi Tamura. She also worked on a manga called Seven Seeds. These two things are, like, considered her most notable works. They were the longest running. Yeah, I can already see the similarities in the art and everything. Yeah, definitely. The stories are a little similar as well, um, but I don't want to spoil how. Val, I believe you got through chapter four. So, in the interest of me not spoiling shit. I'm at the tail end of it. Give us give us a quick summary of the first couple chapters. Oh, okay then. I, I kinda I kinda gave this to Ivan beforehand just to prep him because I know that he has a lot of stuff he's working on this week. But mm, uh tell so us what you've seen so far. As far as I remember, because I read the first chapter yesterday and then I read like three more today but i got busy because like like you've said yourself they're quite chunky chapters they're meaty uh, this thing is I, stacked i, I want to say it's a monthly manga and, and i i just want to come nah, it was daily actually. it's the 90s you know they just didn't live their lives <laughs> back then <laughs> this is all she did she sat in a little room with a little water the bottle, feudal like lords just like and nothing the has feudal changed lords just like pelted the peasants with rocks and said draw manga draw manga now exactly uh, and then she wrote a manga uh, about it <laughs> and then they went, I like this. It's a cry this. for help. It's a cry I for help. Like <laughs> so, okay. Um, at some point uh, in history, uh, Japan has taken this uh, radical course where, like, all the plants die out and shit is just completely fucked. Oh, Fist of the North Star, like all 90s and late <laughs> 80s manga do. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. that's the coolest shit. <laughs> Have you guys actually seen Fist of the North Star? Yes. It's so fucking uh, cool. No, I only saw Fist of the North Star abridged. <laughs> or what uh, is it? Dub of the North Star, I think yeah. it was called. Yeah. That was that is some like Dub of the hey, North Star you're is adorable. Be you're so beautiful. I always remember him singing that. Uh, That's like I just the voice remember, that comes. Give me that. That. <laughs> I think he's talking about Lynn. <laughs> oh boy, now we gotta kill no, ya. I like it. I like it where Shin, the main villain, the main villain of the first arc is like walking in with like the Burger King or like the Big Mac meal on a platter. He like green screened it in and then he like oh dropped it all on the yep. floor. Yep. And the guy in the car going, mm, 
mm, I am so hungry. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so the, the yeah, yeah. territories of Japan, the north, south, east, and west, have been carved out by the four sons of the emperor and um, two children. A child of prophecy has been born, but he has a sister in this little village. They are Tatara... Tatara? I think it's uh, Tatara. It's Tatara and Tatara Sarasa. Tatara and Sasara. Yeah, Sarasa. Um, yeah, Tatara and Sarasa. And uh, everyone loves Tatara. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they hate Sasara or Sarasa or anything like that. It's just that Tatara is just so fucking important. And this obviously leads Sarasa to feel very much uh, neglected. She is very neglected. She's upset at the traditions. Uh, a woman cannot carry a blade, for example. Tatara gets to do like all this cool shit, like horse riding, and he's learning to fight and everything. And everyone absolutely loves him and gives him stuff and everything. She's like, mm, fuck, fuck this guy. <laughs> but like, she has like um, uh, kind of. They're not royal. At all they're just in a tiny village. They're not fancy at all. They're like uh, it's she like has, a chieftain. Like, Yes, yes. She has, like, kind of subjects. She has uh, this uh, blind man who's uh, a prophet who is very much uh, supportive of her and gives her the benefit of the doubt when she feels, like, neglected. And he's, like, her rock, which yeah. is what I appreciate about that. And you got this he more, like... he's her dad. I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, no, because their dad's dead, Oh, no, he I said me and, me and your mother. He didn't necessarily say they were married. You're right. Continue. Oh, are you, are you spoiling it for me? No, I no. I, I'm just trying to remember how he described their relationship, and I might have misunderstood oh, okay. it, but either way, it doesn't make mm-hmm. a difference. But he's like a blind prophet, and he, like, mm-hmm. takes her under his wing and, like, teaches her thing. He's got, she's got more of, like, a, a, a hard ass, but he really cares about her. And one day, on the twins' birthday, the son, Tatara, is gifted a ceremonial sword that is, like, very important to, like, their clan and the, the history of their people. It's been, like, carried by their leaders for generations, and they're like, oh, it's Tatara's sword now. And at one point, she's just like, I just want to fucking touch it. I just want to touch it. And the father just smacks, just like, fuck off, get the fuck, don't take the blade with your feminine you touch and everything. And she's like, and she's just like, Filthy girl oh, yeah. hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get cooties all over it. Don't fucking touch it, Sasara. And and she runs into the desert and cries, and she comes across a man on a massive horse, and the, the the this is the Red Army, one of the four armies that the of the Emperor's sons, and uh the the Emperor's just like fuck this guy, this Red Army guy, just like fucking kill them kill her for getting in my way and all these guys coming with spears and the hard ass like subject kind of jumps on her and she's like ah get down and he gets fucking stabbed the hell up and then a mysterious stranger appears in a blue garb with the fluffiest owl companion the fluffiest owl companion no the best boy is the owl on his shoulder (laughs) this owl is so weirdly (laughs) and inconsistently drawn and i absolutely fucking love it just this random little ray of sunshine in the middle of this very dark shoujo i love him yeah i literally just out of I just out of nowhere like uh, uh, sent to Stina like three different pictures of this owl drawn like completely <laughs> different. Like, I love and I'm him. Like, yeah, I'm like this is the best character in the manga so far for me, Stina. Like obviously I'd barely gotten anywhere. Yeah, um, yeah, but oh, and, he's so cute. And he stands before this girl like looking down. Is like, oh, you're the child of destiny. And uh, the, the blind guy's like, uh, n- n- no, no, she's not actually. 
her brother's the child of destiny is like hmm my intuition is usually never off but um this character is like i will take a punishment for the for this uh, girl's transgression and this red king guy slashes one of his eyes out and this dude doesn't give a fuck he's just like yeah whatever and moves Probably on deserve that bye guys <laughs> he's like whatever just completely moves on at one point also i do like this guy because there's like uh, and here's the thing about this story so uh, i'll get to it in a second because it's a new thing i'm like still compartmentalizing everything right, that's right. why i'm a bit messy here so years pass uh, Sarasa comes back to the village, the brother's grown up, and there's this really nice touching scene that's very brief, and I think it, like, uh, encapsulates the tragedy of what is about to come. The fact that Tatara, like, runs over to, uh, his sister, and he's like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, oh, Tatara-san. She's not even referring to him as a brother. And he's like, whoa, 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 just, just call me your brother. I am your brother. And I'm like, really? And it's like, you're doing a really great job with, like, you know, researching how to bring back, like, the, uh, the grass to the land and everything. She's trying to, like, revive the desert and whatnot and um suddenly the village is attacked by the red army um and in fact in fact in fact i i missed this bit i missed this bit a little bit later after the the initial like cutting out of the eye the girl's safe and everything they come back to the village turns out this guy with his little army came in took a boy's life that is friends makun his name is and he he's actually been like mentioned a lot in the past couple chapters i've been in his mother is still present everything he sacrificed himself for Tatara, and they gave them a fake sword. So now, about three or four years later or so, the army has come back for blood. They're like, we're going to kill Tatarakum. We know he's fucking still alive, and we're going to take the real sword and strip. We don't even see it. We just, like, have Tatarakun's head, like, cut off. And this general comes out of basement being like, I have claimed his head, I have claimed his sword. And Sarasa, everyone is like in complete, uh, complete fucking loss because the the child of destiny has been killed. The person that they have placed all of their hope into that eventually he will rise up and like bring about a new age and a revolution for these people. For everyone, even across the country, not just this small village. And in this moment of stress, Sarasa like ties up her hair she wraps like this badass fucking like turban around her head which by the way i always love the designs and characters like did you ever play final fantasy Steen, or like final fantasy yeah, dissidia yeah. or are you like yeah do you know uh Therian from final fantasy dissidia with like the light turban wrapped around his head i love yes, designs with yeah. like turbans and things and like beads through the hair and everything You're like that see which a is lot why... of that oh my god yeah. well when you get into like the teen chapters there is just this incredible costume. It's unfortunate why we get to see it, but like, holy shit, it's so beautiful. It's something that I don't talk about much, but I really enjoy intricate desert wear. Like high fashion desert wear. That's the kind of stuff I enjoy. I like turbans and things like that and like the flowing like clothes and everything. So like already aesthetically, this series has me like down for the desert themes and everything like that. So Sarasa wraps up her hair and she puts on a brave face and she mm. says, I am Tatara and you have killed my sister and I will avenge her, you fucking pricks. And everyone's like, oh, oh, thank goodness. Tatara's okay. Shame about Sarasa. That is not mentioned though until literally the chapter I am on. So Sarasa, like with these massive fucking balls that she has suddenly like grown mm -hmm. is like, like, uh, 
spearheads the retrieval of the le of the sword that was stolen to like bring back the hope to the people and she like the, the mysterious stranger who lost an eye for Sarasa comes back and he offers to help and um there's also this great bit where it's like implied where he's just like looking at the blind guy and he's like it'd be so cool if you were a woman and he's like yeah. there's so many like just out of nowhere like comments from characters that like flesh things out just like fill out the pages and it gives everyone like a lot more personality it's the kind of thing i wish my hero academia did because the <laughs> cast in this manga so far it's not overbearing like dr stone and it but the characters feel quite developed with just these out of nowhere comments that they make and it's like just really oh, fucking cool like they're a little bit funny there's like bits where like um sarasa oh yeah sarasa like rides a horse to distract the army while um the villagers get away and she's got this like amazing fucking horse and she's like riding it like a badass through like arrows and everything with tears in her eyes thinking about her brother like she's proper in mourning while trying to like compartmentalize everything and get this stuff done and um, she just, like, falls off the horse after having this, like, monologue with tears in her eyes and the most beautiful, like, bishoujo art I've seen and everything. And it's just plonk. The horse is like, you're not worthy of me. And she's like, I'm going to be worthy of riding this horse, though. I promise you. I love that um, horse. That horse is a character, you know? Like, oh, sick. I can't oh, wait to get to that. Um, then she she spearheads a plan to have uh, all this cattle like run at um, this fort that the army is staying in while she gets the sword. And um, she gets shot with an arrow. What I love about that plan, I just want to interject because like I was so floored by the brilliance of it because that man like that saved her in the desert was like yo uh i'll give you as many men as you want to assault that arena and get your brother's shit back and she's like no i have a better idea do you have a thousand cows that i can just like <laughs> make stampede so these cows mm. just rush the arena and they're killing all these cows while they're trying to kill uh tatara as well and like they at the end of that fight they're just like he must have known we wouldn't have enough men to both attack the village and get around all these cows, like, and dispose of them mm. properly before they fester. And it's just like, she's just, she has it all. She's brave, she's brilliant, like, she's, she's quick thinking. But this is exactly what I'm talking about when I say, like, you can have a girl character who is so feminine and still be a powerful leader, you know? Mm. Like you see it you see it so many times, right? Like there's but so I many of those pretty it. crying frames where she is just all in her feels and she's handling it the way we would expect to be very feminine, mm. but at the same time Oh yeah, yeah, no, she's emo she's emotionally very vulnerable actually. I love that about her. No, I I like it too. Like her uh, characters are uh, even questioning some of the like there was a point where she she gets shot and they can't find her body among all the dead cows mm. and everything. Uh, and they're just like, well, shit, did, did he get away? Fuck, he got the sword and everything. And the Red Emperor's fucking pissed. He's like that fucking, how, what the hell? What the, what the hell happened here, people? And it's like, uh, well, apparently he has a twin sister. So 
And I actually like the Red King now. I, I was kind of like interested in him. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. I probably will. I already quite honestly. I already quite like the male characters and everything in this as well. It's one of those things where I actually feel like Stina. This gets a lot right on what most modern things nowadays get really wrong. Where a lot of things feel the need to like take away or like break down other characters to raise up one, but every character in this feels like they're serving like a good purpose, whether it be emotionally supporting the heroine, mm -hmm. uh, like Sarasa. Tathara, um, but like still getting like so much depth of their own and being like helpful and just, it's just the good shit. Well, and this is where it reminds me like a little bit of uh, a little bit of One Piece because mm. you're gonna see in a bit, like right now, everyone you've met, you can see their good intentions. You can mm. see like it, first of all, it's a story about conflict uh, and like the human collateral of conflict, right? Mm. So everyone you meet is like very, very um, not relatable, like empathetic. You you empathize with every single one of these characters in spite of the fact that they're on opposite sides. And that just gets more intense as you go on because you really, really are rooting for... Um, they kind of do feel like separate people sometimes, even though it's all her. Like, you're really rooting for Sarasa because there is a romantic component that comes in, which I won't spoil the content of. But, mm -hmm. like, she is in love with someone she can't be with or falls in love. You you see it from... I mean, I, I've gotten I've gotten to that bit. Oh, you have? Well, I, I've gotten to, I've got, I've gotten <laughs> to the kiss. I've got... I, I, basically, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. She is, it seems, as far as I'm aware, I'm guessing it's going there. It might change, so maybe I'm wrong. But as far as I'm aware, the Red King is the love interest. Is Shuri, yes. Yeah, yeah. Where, yes. Um, he... And he doesn't know that she's Tatara. <laughs> like, of course, yeah. <laughs> it's so incredible. Like, they hide so much of their lives from each other throughout this courtship. And, like, it's just beautiful because the only thing that matters is that they're, like, there for each other. There's this frame later on that breaks me where he's dealing with something as the king and he comes to Sarasa and she's just like, oh, my God, like, what's the matter? Are you okay? And he just, like, actually, he she didn't even notice until he collapses in her lap. So he's just teasing her as normal and then he just collapses and... It's just so beautifully done. Like, hmm. oh my God. I've never seen it done like this. I've never seen something have this many things and have it work, you know? It's an epic. It's an, like, it's a fucking this epic, is, dude. When you, when you recommended this to me and you said it has a lot of ranking king vibes, like it's, it's definitely my kind of story in that it has mm -hmm. like, cause I don't mind romance or anything like that, no, but no. it's got, uh, a brutal reality to it that I enjoy in my stories. Yes, yes, like it, it really is like an examination of war and how mm. fucking stupid it is. But also like my, one of my favorite things about it is the twist it puts on the fucking chosen one bullshit, you know? Like uh -oh. Sarasa does not believe she's the chosen one. She doesn't mm. believe that. She is acting as Tatara, but like the fates did not determined that she was the child of destiny in her mind. Mm -hmm. So everything she does and Isn't everything like for her. Yeah, and everything that the people supporting her do for her, it's kind of this thing where it's like, yes, they're supporting me, but it's because I'm a symbol, not because I have any value of my own. I agree with that. I, I that that's actually very relevant to the current point that I'm at. 
actually. Yeah, yeah. Where um, where um, Markun, the boy who died, and the reason he's quite relevant is because he died to save their symbol of hope, which is Tathara. And there was this nice scene just now, and it's already one of my favorite bits, where Markun's mother, who has been alive this whole time, they come across an old lady in the remnants of where a village was that the Red Army destroyed called Asahi. And she has laid down all of these little graves made out of rocks for people. And Markun comes up and is like, Tatara, may I please lay down a grave? And I was gonna go, oh, for her son, of course. And it's like, no, I wanna lay it down for Sarasa. And I was yeah. like, oh. Oh. And, and she she turns, Sarasa turns as Tatara with like tears in her eyes, like, oh! <laughs> and it's like, it's so beautiful. Uh, I, and she even says, I'm truly glad that you're alive, Tatara, but it's a little sad that no one has cried for Sarasa. Yes. And you don't think about it until that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's like I I assumed that it was just one I kind of I kind of assumed that it was one of those things where it's like there was no fucking time to mm-hmm. because of the situation, but it's it's true. Everyone is more like kind of like uh like it, it's dire it's a dire situation, one of those things. But like yeah, it's absolutely true. And it's so nice that it's being brought up though. Because yeah, you do wonder about it, because no one really brought it up as like a oh fuck. And all the the main characters know that it's Sarasa putting on uh, like a, a performance essentially as that, mm. and and being her support, the blind man, the uh, the the hard ass King Koji, uh, her grandfather, another and best boy, King Koji. We love we love him. I like King Koji as well. He's the there are so many best. This manga is packed with best boys. Not even like best boy semi love triangle interest. Just best boys. So many good boys. You know what? It's um it's kind of relevant to something that came out recently that I'm seeing, and I don't really give a shit about it. But you know, like everyone's fucking complaining about on Twitter. We should mention it, and I want to hear Ivan's sweet voice because he hasn't said anything. Yeah, he's been so quiet. I've been a Just good boy listen. today. <laughs> Give the audience a break. But it it reminds me a bit of this Velma show I'm seeing a lot of people talk about. I knew about. you were going to want to talk about Velma that? today. What you know the fuck what? is Velma? I am happy. I, I am also happy want to, to talk about Justin Roiland in a bit. I have so much to say about out of pocket about Velma. I've only seen 10 seconds of trailer footage and I've seen a fucking enough. Hmm. I don't know what the fuck this is. I've avoided it somehow. That being okay. said, I better pull up the Wikipedia page so I know exactly who worked on this, so I'm not being too harsh. So, of what I know about Velma, it is a show starring Mindy Kaling. Yes. Uh, office fame and everything. Yeah. I'm not that. I'm not that familiar with. One of the, the greatest comedic comedian. writers of our time. And producers. Yep. Yeah. So you would think you would think this was a fucking winner. Um. But so this is a basically it's Scooby Doo. But for adults, it's a more adult-oriented, leaning mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo series with uh, black characters. Like, the the, the, okay. the, the main gang is yeah. now a little bit more racially diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the show is so fucking pessimistic and fucking, like, it's so mean-spirited. It fucking hates itself. In what way? It clearly does not even want to be itself. I don't understand what that means. It's, it doesn't, it's just not Scooby-Doo. It doesn't, they, they wouldn't even give them the rights to use the dog. Yeah, like, oh, like, like, there, the there, 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 there's no Scooby, it's just Velma. Shaggy is afraid to be a beta male. 
Like, that's a line. Shaggy's afraid to be a beta male of exactly. all people? Exactly. Okay, that's like, you you, fu you have fucked up Shaggy. You have fucked Shaggy up Shaggy. Shaggy is a proud Shaggy's beta. Shaggy is the most... Like, no, straight Sha up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He Stina, stop! No, I, I want to like correct. He's beta so male. beta, he's alpha. Exactly. No, that's what I'm Shaggy. saying. He's not... No, no, he's no, no, so no. unafraid of looking beta that he is... That's by true. That's what a sigma is. Yeah. That's what a sigma yeah. is. Shaggy is a sigma king. Like, people, like, try to be sigma. There's no... There is no such thing as a true Sigma other than Shaggy. It's from like being a punk. It's like you can't be punk and call yourself punk. Shaggy has a mental state we should all strive for. He he he's afraid of shit. He loves to fight. He doesn't give a fuck what people think of him. He's, he's, he's not afraid to admit he's afraid. That's what makes him the fucking bravest, dude. Yeah. Because when he does Best. face it, even if he's it's by fucking... accident. But yeah, this series just completely spits in the face of like what Scooby Doo is. It's yeah. just so fucking pessimistic. It sucks. And I'm guessing everyone's like, you're racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's baked yeah. for both sides. It is baked. No, 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 no. So no one, no, here's no, like, it is. no, no, no one is saying everyone universally hates this. That's good. But it's baked but for it's both sides. But it's baked for both sides. Because here's the problem is that one, this is going to bomb. And yeah. all those fucking white producers are like, well, I guess we do, can't make more black shows. Yeah. No more black, no more black focused animation, because clearly that's the reason it sucked. Not the fact that the writing is fucking awful. Yeah. But you, you understand I, how fucking producers think, Val? They only see the fucking colors on the screen. That's all no, they fucking I, see. I would be, I, here's the thing. I just think it's a case of like, people need to stop fucking around with tried and true formulas of shows that people clearly well, I, like. I, exactly. Like, they, no, they're, 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 here's the first time you have the fucking argument for Get your own fucking new IP. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. holy fuck. But I want to talk about the other side of this double-sided mm -hmm. bait. Bait, yeah. whereas the producers are now going to be like, all right, no more black animation. You know what? Let's cancel Craig of the Creek while we're at it. It's doing well, but you know what? This black animation is doing well, so we got to kill them all. No. On the other side, on the other side, you've got people like Stevenson. You said people were getting mad the fact that if people said this show was bad, they're gonna call each other racist. That's not what they're feeling right now. What Thank they're feeling, what they're feeling is, is that they intentionally made this show suck, and In that's order racist. To uh, Which is like Mindy Kaling produced this. That's not. Come on now. Come on. That's. So they Twitter is such an insane place. Like, like it, goes, it goes to such a more insane degree. Again, it's double-sided bait. Everyone is fucking wrong. But the most wrong thing is this fucking series never should have fucking happened. Yeah. I'm sure it was an interesting pitch. I'm sure it was a very exciting pitch. Everything we see in everything we see now in action is fucking abysmal. It's it's just so lame. It's miserable. It's mm. so fucking miserable. I actually have a pro. I have a problem with that. By the way, what you said a minute ago, like black animation, like what what is actually like black animation? Like what do you think it is? Boondocks is one hundred percent black animation. Yes, it's by black. Like it's by black yeah, animators, exactly. black producers, black writers. I mean, I don't think it matters who's animating it, really. It's about who's just, like, creating it. I mean, who's showrunning? Well, who, no, but who's you know what I mean. It's not about... It's the not, whole crew. It's about the voice. It's about the voice. The voice as mm. well. Again, yes. the directing and mm. writing voice. So that's why I bring up Craig of the Creek. Because Craig mm. of the Creek is a very diverse story. But it is. it is told from a black voice. Basically, what do I consider black animation? Again, a black voice, something that's not afraid to show black culture and speak from that corner there. Mm-hmm. That's why. Like Fat Albert. That's fine. Yep, Fat but, Albert. Uh, but I just want to say, Craig of the Creek is made by Matt Burnett and... What's his name? Ben Levin, which I remember them from fucking... 
Internet Pirates of Dark War, or I think it is. It was an old show on YouTube. It was a very short, like, animation thing. And I watched that in, like, 2010 or something. Yeah, Digital Pirates of Dark War, episode one. They made that and then moved on to Craig the Creek, and I was just so fucking happy when I found out that they got onto Cartoon Network. Like, from being, like, indie animators and stuff like that, making their own things. I just thought it was so cool. Oh, Cartoon Network, you, you get some really good pickups, man. They, they do, really, yeah. they, They've got a great pipeline. It's a shame it's being threatened by HBO's current leadership. Or Warner, Warner Discovery, is what they're really called. Last I heard, I think I might have mentioned this before, but apparently they are working on some amazing, like, more teen-based animation, like, more serious stuff. Apparently, like, they're having, like, a new renaissance, essentially, with, like, you know, the type of shows that they're making. Cartoon so Network in general? Re Cartoon Network in general. They are just about to, like, drop a bunch of... I bet, no, like, I bet they are, because they're still in business. People were getting scared during the, like, the layoffs and shit, that like, the whole place was going down. No, Cartoon Network will never in entirely go down. Too big to fail. But, oh my god, they're they're working with their hands tied behind their backs now, though. It's a, it's a little bit tougher to get things through, but... Anything that gets through, man, it's got to be good. Yeah, but I, I, I just question, like, you know, what, what is it that like constitutes a black animated series? And it, stuff it, like I, that? I almost look in, inherently to the showrunner because, 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 because again, I like they don't necessarily focus on black characters or anything like that. Like, no. no. But I, I, I look at the showrunner. I look at the producers. I look at the writers, the director, because it comes from that voice. It comes from that place. Because yeah. the best fiction is always the most deeply personal, even if mm. it's allegorized. And so, mm. like I said, like, you talked about the pirates, Craig of the Creek. There's some boondocks. There's some good shit out there. And it's just, like, the fact that producers, the the, the suits, the, 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 the stockholders, man, they don't look that deep. They, 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 they're very superficial about it, and they see something Velma bomb, and they go... I don't think Velma is going to have an effect on black creators. I think it's really just more of a death nail for things where they try to take a established franchise with very beloved characters. I, I, I've, I've seen this stuff for years on Twitter and everything where people go, this is my take on what the Scooby-Doo gang would look like if they made it or something like that. And it's like, yeah, Chinese Velma, Black Fred or Shaggy and everything like that. And everyone's like, yeah, cool. But then it's a case of this is what happens when you actually try to apply that and also change all the characters' dynamics around uh, to be like something different. It, it, it's a tried and true formula. Everyone fucking loves Scooby-Doo. That's why it's been going and, and for- the, And the thing about Scooby-Doo too, and the thing about Scooby-Doo as well is it's a very thin formula. Like yeah, if you if you try to add anything to it, it's like toilet paper. <laughs> you get a little bit wet and it just crumbles in your fucking hands. Like you you're like no, but here's the thing. It's a, it, no, no, it's a tried and true clean toilet paper. I'm saying it's just I love it. It's my it's my favorite brand. I keep buying it, but you can only wipe your ass with it okay. once. I thought you oh meant it's God. consistent. No, no, no. I, 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 was, I thought you were talking about. I know it's a bad. I know it's a bad analogy, but it's the cons it's its consistency, man. I was about it's to say because they they have done a lot with Scooby Doo. Like, do you, do you remember? I was most ex I think the last thing I was like most like kind of hyped for with Scooby Doo was um when they did a movie to. Finish off the fucking Scooby-Doo and the 13 Ghosts series. Oh my god, yeah. Do you remember that? And they brought back, like, the, the little, I don't know, Dominican boy or wherever the fuck he's from? I don't remember. He's supposed to be, like, shortstop in Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he was, like, shortstop in Indiana. He, like, comes back and it's just like, uh, oh, you're just like, hey, man, I've been in this museum for, like, uh, 15 years. Where did you go? It, it's, uh, it's very reminiscent of... <laughs> 
Fuck, I need to get you guys on the Venture Bros, by the way. I watched Fuck. the season. I know I watched I the season of it, yeah. You gotta, just, you gotta I never, go. I never stick with it. What I know it's it? good. Second season, Ivan, is what, what, fucking gold. What is this? Uh, the Venture Bros, Stina, uh, is a show. It's about, it's a lot of parody on like 70s and 60s cartoons. Think of Johnny the Quest, Boy Adventure. if they Johnny- up a little bit grown up mm. and Johnny Quest grew up to be like a 40 year old man who's very miserable and has PTSD. Yeah. Oh. It's an adult <laughs> swim series. It's, it's very good like 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 Is it's, it like it, moral oral? It's it's really like it's actually it's got a, like a legitimate story. Like it, it's a comedy, but like it's got a fucking like yeah. narrative going on. Like, it it yeah. sounds continues. like moral oral but better developed. Like honestly. Oh, I, I don't know actually, because Moral Oral is pretty fucking peak stuff. Moral when it comes Oral is to, like, pretty goaded, honestly. B- moral Holy Oral shit. is goaded. How about that finale? Oh my god. Oh yeah. Now I, I like Moral Oral because like it, it's like obviously I love that show because it's like a whole question about like faith and everything, but then I Oral the character. It in two days. Like I finished the whole thing. I I do not blame you. It's so good. I like the fact that it's like I, I'm not a fan of religion, really, organized religion in nah, any capacity. But I, I, I like the fact that <laughs> the end of it, because Oral at the end of the day is the most faithful, faithful character to yeah, religion. But yeah. his, but his whole thing is just like, well, fate is just about how you wield it and everything. It's the yeah. person. It's like, uh, I don't know, because like the whole thing with religion is like you can have like. I saw this video, it was like a black preacher, like literally yelling at his followers to be like, why the fuck are you buying McDonald's but not giving me money for donation? (laughs) And it's like, that's a bad person. But then it's like... The other thing about that show, before we get on a Mm. huge tangent, is just (laughs) like... organized religion. About moral oral and organized religion. Like, the one of my favorite things about that show is the thing where you think it's going to be some fucking throwaway gag about him and the coach where it's like, oh, typical 2000s making fun of gay people thing. But then mm. it becomes like one of the main storylines. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. I loved that shit so much. It's, the Christmas episode too just fucked oh, me up. Well, the, that one. The final one or the up. first Christmas the episode? The first Christmas episode where he's like, there's still a few minutes left for a Christmas miracle, God. And then the episode <laughs> just ends with him staring at I the think, sky. I think oh. one of my favorite moments is when Moral, like, Oral, sorry, Oral learns about, like, just using violence and yeah. stuff. It's like, turn the other cheek. And it's like, I will make you turn the other cheek. Or something. Oh. I'm just going. He he basically comes to the conclusion, Ivan. If you've never seen it, that he's just going to beat people into submission when he wants things. This is a so claymation just, uh, series from Adult yeah. Swim. And he just starts. And he starts like attacking like his friends when when he thinks that he's like been threatened in some like literally someone just has to like ball up their fist at him. And he's just like on them and just savagely yeah. beats them. He like attacks his mother and his dad who hates his mother and like literally takes the time to like watch them for a moment. And then it's like, Oral! And then he, like, grabs his son, and Oral starts beating the shit out of his dad. And at the end of every episode, Oral always does something really wrong with the lessons that he's learned. And his dad always brings him into the study and, like, corrupts that lesson. Yeah. And tells him, like, how it should be. In, in his, From his twisted point of view. Um, and at the end of this episode, his dad is just so beaten up, he, like, takes him to his study. He's like, are you gonna, are you, are you gonna hit me? He's like, no. No, I'm not. Just, just, 
just go, just roll the credits or something. And they just sat there in silence for like five minutes while the credits roll or something. Yep. It's one of my fucking favorite bits. Oh my I love God. how it like breaks and changes its formula. It's genuinely a really good show that like everyone should fucking watch it. It's yes. a crying shame yes. that it got canceled. Just because... two seasons. Why did it get canceled? Uh, they made a two real you know the episode where it's just going through the sad people in the apartment block and it goes into the woman who gets like r-worded and like yeah uh, it got really dark her. it got really real for one episode and adult swim went yeah you went uh you went too real that's too much man. yeah you that's too that. much yeah like even though this it, is still it was... a children's channel even though we're on the late night slot you know yeah that's it, a lot. It's, it's a it's a weird one i i would but definitely it wasn't a joke either like it wasn't no it wasn't it was taken which a lot very of comedy shows would have done and some some shows on comedy central at the time were doing you know it went it went into the complicated feelings of the aftermath of getting r-worded basically and it was just way too real and shit for a lot of people but that's that's the reason it got cancled though it's getting too so we've now <laughs> we've now done Talked about Velma and Moral Oral, <laughs> Scooby Doo and toilet paper. But I just want to, I just want to, I just want to roll it back for a sec, oh, yeah, and yeah, I want to start yeah. placing bets on: Is the Venture Bros movie canceled, or is it gonna get sold elsewhere because of Warner Discovery's horrible leadership? The Venture Bros was consistently coming out like every four years or so. I had yeah, it but down. they're currently working on a movie, and I have to assume that movie is going to be like 99% complete and then they're just going to cancel it. Uh, no, honestly, like, there was like a lot of like vitriol, I think at first when the Venture Bros series got cancelled from the fans because it's been going since about 2003. Yeah, it's, it's been a long it's a runner. Long, it's a long running show. A lot of Adult Swim series are like Aqua Teen Hunger Force that ended in 2015 and then it got a new movie very recently, actually. Um... And and I, I I can only assume uh, wait the the creators not the creators the Adult Swim people even said we understand that we've hurt you basically to the fandom and they said everyone has been super nice that has emailed us about the show Aww. we're giving you a movie we're giving you a movie to finish it off the fan base is that wholesome eh so yeah, I, I, no, I gotta, did I have to assume base. that Broad Street is producing it though so that in that case it will get done. I, I I hope it's getting... I haven't looked into it, like, in, in depth and things. It's one of those things. I'm just going to hear it comes out, and I will watch that however the fuck I can. I just hope they release it in cinemas in England, because I obviously really want to watch that. I've been watching it since No, but here's the thing, though. It's not going to go in cinemas. It's going to go on HBO Max. Oh, and that's, what, and that's what I'm HBO talking about. Max. It's going to get canceled, because... Oh, oh, the joke that everything is getting fucking canceled. It's not a lately. joke. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. happening. Yeah. Want to go back to the, the, the Scooby-Doo shit? Like, half of Looney Tunes is now gone. I'll admit, some of the shows that have been cancelled, I have literally never given a single fuck about. I have, like, seen a couple episodes of Inside Job, and it is, like, the most, like... It's to me, okay. this is a personal opinion. If y'all, If y'all like Inside Job, yeah, it's serviceable, but I'm just, like, I, I really... But yeah, but I'm not specifically talking about, like, what Netflix is doing, because Netflix, Netflix's whole model is, if it isn't a fucking mainstream success in its first episode, then they cancel it. That's just mm. their shitty, stupid fucking, like, accessibility model. I'm talking specifically about how Warner Discovery runs shit, where they're just afraid to fucking hold a license for longer than a week. Like, mm. they, they, they're like, they, they cancel DVD. They will literally burn their fucking libraries and just like, they, they, they just don't want to hold on to anything because they're penny pinching so fucking hard, they won't even pay to maintain what they fucking own. 
and it's fucking embarrassing. I I don't really know that the fucking innermost details of it. Like there might be reasons why, but it, it does suck. It, it it sucked. It sucked for creators. It absolutely fucking sucks for creators. Because they have to pay licenses in order to keep like producing media. Did that ghost show get canceled? The one with the kids going around and like trying to hunt for ghosts. I I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. Are you talking about digital? You you. No. Have no, 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 we're talking about an American <laughs> no, we are not, series. No, Stina, we are not talking about Digimon Ghost game right now. Okay, okay so this is, there's, there's a series know. on Netflix <laughs> that's a, it, it's a, it's a limited 3D animated series. And it's about the kids just walking around, vibing, to interviewing adults, and with the premise that they're hunting ghosts. That's cute. And like, it's, it, there's a really cute trailer. I never mm. actively watched it. But I thought it was really cool. I, you I, were excited I, for it, I remember. I, yeah, I was. I brought it up on the podcast. I never actually got to watch it because yeah. there's just too much to fucking watch. Yeah. But I, 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 I would assume there's probably like five seasons that are like a total of five episodes long and it's already over. <laughs> just knowing Netflix. Is it just called Ghost Hunting? But it, it was like six episodes and I literally saw yeah. the creator. Otherwise, I noticed that fucking Dragon Prince, they released a third season and never advertised it. And then... Just like this past month, released a whole new Boom. series, like a sequel series, and I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't even know they had the last season. I missed that. And people wondering what the Dragon Prince is. It's basically it's 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 produced by Aaron he and written by Aaron he has, who was like one of the main focal writers of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and they unabashedly just reference that show. It's like Avatar: The Last Airbender if it skewed more to young children, hmm. but the storytelling is still hmm. very good. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it, like so, I I just binge watched that recently, and it was solid. Uh, I'm still waiting for the new Avatar series coming out because they they they've announced a new Avatar series that's gonna be fucking, and their movies are gonna be animated. We 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 were in this discussion where they're gonna be animated by the same people who uh, did Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is gonna be in crazy. Uh, it's gonna be crazy that it's no longer Studio Mir. I don't know how they're going to adopt styles, but in terms of how it's going to look in motion, it's in good hands. I know that much. Hmm. But um, literally, the person who made that ghost show, though, it was saying how the, they made like six episodes of it, and I, I feel like I wish I knew what it was fucking called specifically, because I'm I'm typing in like Ghost Hunter cartoon. I just all I remember is that there was a scene where they just turn the camera and a and a, a fucking skateboard kickflips by itself, and they start cheering. I'm like, this fucking show rocks. <laughs> you know what else I watch? You know, because since we're just spilling all the American animation we're watching right now, I watched an episode of Bluey. <laughs> Because no one will dude, shut the fuck up about Bluey. I have, dude, dude, dude. I have literally been, like, seeing clips of that show up in my fucking YouTube that actually seems like the best children's show ever fucking made. I, I, so this is what, because people, because of course, you know, people on Twitter are being assholes. Like, why are you watching a fucking children's show? So let me, I watched one episode of Bluey, and I've seen all those clips. And I've also just sat there and watched one episode by myself. Here is why adults love Bluey. Because it's not a children's show. It's a family show. There are equal amounts child and adult characters, child and adult dialogue, child and adult writing. Like, it's just a family show. It's a fa It's a 10-minute family sitcom that happens to be about animated Australian shepherds. And it's you know it, it's mm -hmm. solid. Like I like I I like free I watch it like, yeah, this is good. This is not something I want to marathon through. But I, I I can understand why people would put Bluey on in the background and vibe to it. I completely understand. And it's very it's very well made. It seems to be a Disney and a BBC co-production. Hmm. Like now now I wonder why I was wondering why Disney landed that fucking Doctor Who deal. It's because of fucking Bluey. Nice. <laughs> they've they've been clearly working with each other very closely and like each other's company. Mm. 
I gotta say, Bluey seems like uh, a perfection of like... So obviously, kids want to watch cartoons and everything, and parents want to spend time with their kids, but they might not want to watch cartoons. But Bluey, from the scenes that I've seen, the stuff that I've specifically seen people talk about, yes. I haven't like directly watched the show, it just seems like something that can they can fucking vibe with, honestly. Yeah, it's oh, very, it's a wants, very common ground Bluey? show. Yeah. Like, and that's why, I, like, even though I thought it was okay as a viewer, I want to, like, mention that, like, a show like Bluey is fucking important it is beautiful it, mm. to to make a common ground between children and adults somewhere where they can meet in the middle i love that i think some people get the impression that bluey might be like a bunch of hidden adult jokes in a children's show like i think people go in expecting that and that's not the case so don't if you do check it out you should but if you do don't disappoint yourselves it's not like that it's just it's no. a it's a meet in the middle kind of show and i think those are so important i wish there was more of that more of that um, but we are actually running up on time. We should probably bring up Chainsaw Man. Yeah. And, and any of our audience is still left. <laughs> I really, I really, really, I think I, I must have said it, I can't remember because we talked about so much already. And God, time really flies when we're like doing Hey, by the way, Bluey's an anime. Too. Get fucking mad. Cope more, audience. <laughs> I, I, on, on the topic of Velma, I really don't think Velma will be a problem for like black creators or anything like that. I get it. it I, like as I, I said, mentioned, I'm not talking about in general. I'm talking about specifically Warner Discovery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, things maybe, are maybe, very maybe sensitive there right now. And this, the, there's already holes in the ship. And so we don't need things tipping any further. And Velma's a tipper. And that's the problem. Hmm. Yeah, I th I think uh, I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're right. Val Val was Val was rocking Man, the though, right? boat unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. Chainsaw Man. So yeah. Chainsaw Man. Last time on Chainsaw Man, Denji met a penguin. He no, got he didn't, no, he didn't mean last time. He that's this all week. that happened. This week, Denji met a penguin. And that's the chapter. That's when, it. Goodbye, everyone. No. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. Um, no, this was an incredible fucking chapter. Yeah. They kind of rushed through the second... That's the part that got me, is they kind of rushed through the second Eternity Devil fight. But for mm -hmm. good reason, though, because the material we get after is quite Because this bitch great. is brilliant. That's why. Holy hell. I just, like... I, 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 Val, did I not tell you that Yoru was going to fall in love with Denji? <laughs> You did, you did. Because right now she's like, oh, uh, uh, you, you're in love with Denji? Haha, <laughs> you fucking weirdo. And it's like, I don't think Asa is in love with Denji. I think Yoru is. And so Yoru's about to try to turn Denji into a fucking weapon. It's not going to happen because it has to be Asa who's in love. Oh. It has to have an attachment to something. But we don't know yet. I mean, mm -hmm. we'll find out yeah. next week. She she does spe she does specifically state it's because I'm sharing your. It's only possible because I share your brain. But I think, but as yeah, we now she's proving no, it. But, but, no, but no, as but as we've We're learned through Yoru, to. No, that's as, the thing. As we learned through Yoru, she speaks out of her ass. So like, I think it's she's that misconstrued. Meme. I just, no, it's oh, that Wojak oh. meme where they've got the calm face mask on, but then behind it, they're like crying. It's yeah. only possible because no, I'm sharing your I brain. Think Yoru is mistaking us. It's mistaking, mistaking her own feelings. For Asas. That's what I think is happening right now. Yeah. Is that like, like, oh my god, you're loving Deji? You fucking greasy ass fucking freak weirdo. I think no one fucking I feel loves like you. I also, and then it's like, wait, I'm like the greasy I freak who loves Deji. No! See, I feel like she's just like a little tsundere, you know? Like she's walking up to him and she's like, I'm gonna make this weapon, but it doesn't tell us what happens next. And I have a feeling, I don't, I just, I just have a hunch that this is gonna work. Like, that she's gonna have made him a fucking weapon because she loves him. 
Um, mm. Again, I don't think Asa loves Denji. No, I, this isn't Asa right now, is it? Yeah, it's Yoru. And that's what I'm saying. It's Yoru, it says Yoru loves Denji. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying. Yoru, but, but the thing is, only Asa. Like, but, but as we're going to learn about this symbiotic relationship, right? Basically, we're about to... Whatever happens next week, we are about to be introduced to a very hard rule yeah. about their symbiotic relationship. And I believe that Yoru can't do it. Only, only Asa's attachments can make these weapons. And Yoru, Yoru makes the weapons, but that's impossible without Asa's attachment. And Asa is still not mm. nearly attached to Denji enough to make a weapon. Mm. And I'm saying mm. that Yoru is confusing her own feelings for Asa. Like, Asa's not in love. Yoru is. But Yoru, yeah. Yoru's love can't make the sword. Yes. That's what I, th I think that's the fucking shit that's going to happen. Like, next week, nothing's going to happen. And Yoru's going to be like, fuck. <laughs> Fuck, I'm cringe. I thought I found a loophole. <laughs> so that's what's going I, on. I guess I, I feel like I supported the idea that Yoru could fall in love with Denji and then yeah. not want to do it when they find out that it's Chainsaw Man. Well, I think it's just going to piss because her off. Comes... Like she, I think she's going to piss her the fuck off. That's what's going to happen. It's just going to make a mess. Yeah. Can mm. you turn also, another devil-like person or whatever into a weapon? So that, so that's what we're about to learn. That's probably what we're. That's, I feel we're, like that'll be the cause more than anything. Say, yeah, say, or like sold to us. Realistically, that's probably what we're actually going to learn next week. Like, mm. yeah. Just, but they're going to assume something else. Yeah, but like, but, sure. but, but but realistically, we're gonna learn. We're gonna learn that. Yeah, you just can't turn other devils. It has to be a full human. Mm. Can we just point out, by the way, that uh, fucking. He seems to be drawing Denji more and more attractive. No, what? <laughs> He's getting prettier. He is. He's Shit, getting you're prettier. Right. Look, we're, no! because we're seeing oh, him through the female gaze it. right now. That's why we never had that before. Yeah. Now, Chainsaw Man Part Two is through the female gaze. My ugly boy, what are they doing? I don't to you? like this anymore. I yeah, well, I'm yeah, my show fucking show. goblin child. Oh, my goblin eyes. child, where oh, is no. he? Oh <laughs> no, we're gonna get another Basara. That'd be awful. Oh my god, that'd be so awful. Oh. They have really good content. Fuck. <laughs> Guess we gotta quit. I'm I'm really digging this. I I've been in, I, I think I mentioned yeah I mentioned uh, the other the other day that uh, I've been really enjoying Asa on her own so. I'm worried mm. I'm gonna get like I, I'm worried I'm gonna get a bit of like whiplash from like Yaru coming. Back I know I, I I agree with you that I agree with you. Like I, it was nice to have Asa on her own for a little bit and let her come out of her shell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But well, Yoru still makes me laugh. about her before. She was kind of a puppet. I feel like she acts very differently. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously she's changed over the course of knowing Yoru, but it's just interesting that we're already seeing that. Like, we're getting mm -hmm. right into her arc early, and I like that, because she did not excite me as a protagonist in that first chapter she appeared, I feel like, as much as, like... Yoru did. Other, other protagonists. Because Yoru, Yoru, Yoru is where it gets hype. I was very interested when Asa first came on the scene. I, I've said I've been a few times. I felt bad for her. But I hate, pity, I, I hate pitying my protagonist. This is the least consistent part of Chainsaw Man. Out of the ten parts we're going to oh, get. Oh, you don't like pity? Mm. Uh, okay, we, we differ in many ways. I read Welcome to the NHK. I love pitying, maybe slightly despising my protagonists to a degree. I like despising them. I do not like pitying them. Because then I'm just watching this poor baby <laughs> animal get beat up in front of me and I can't do anything to help it and it makes me sad the chicken scene I literally almost threw up like I was just like oh like I just I my felt my mom could fucking I felt such bad anxiety character. it made me sick like <laughs> story story about my story about my mom when my mom it was in like uh primary school that's what we call grade school 
when my mom yeah. was in primary school, her and her friend were in charge of taking care of the class terrapin. And uh, I think they were in a fucking See, terrapin is the day. word I'm going to need explained to me. What is that? A terrapin's a It's turtle. like a very small turtle. Is it the one with the stupid little bottle noses? It's a very... It's a very small turtle. It's Not a like very small, small but... turtle, Thanks. Tina. Thank you. Yeah. It's Here, just a I thought you were going to look up a picture. No. <laughs> They're like pretty small, but they had they had like a relatively small terrapin. I would need my you. mother here to oh, like okay. properly. I, yeah, I think it is the one with the little snub nose. Yep, actually. it is. They, oh, they, this they is just stripes. No, this is what my brother had when we were growing up. And and I believe, I believe like my mom is not my mom is not a killer or anything like that. She she dropped the terrapin in front of the whole class and the shell smashed and <gasps> everyone was calling her and her friend like terrapin killer for like months and it was like one of the most it it, it 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 was one of the most like horrible memories that my mom has as a child where she accidentally dropped the terrapin. <sighs> And I think her friend. Your like, mom had the is the, the fucking like, inspiration between us and Chainsaw yeah, Man Part Two. That's so sad. I, I, dude, a bit, a bit of the thing about my mom. My mom has like, from a young age, she had terrible luck with pets of no fault of her own. Aww. She had a rabbit that got eaten by a fox, and she woke up one morning and saw like her mom and dad like around the rabbit hutch and just blood everywhere from what she could see it like don't come down here julie stay in the house oh, her no. dog got hit by a car because her mom refused to put the dog on the lead because the dog was so well behaved and it ran to a road and got hit by a truck and they lost her tortoise called speedy in a move in a moving van <laughs> my mom has had the worst luck with oh pets from God. like a childhood and stuff I That's know. So, so yeah. <laughs> so literally when I saw, when I first read like It's the revenge like I've n I've never mentioned it cuz I've always had like thoughts about should I really like tell the story about my mom being as they could put her the terrapin killer. Yep, and like, as we've um, learned, you should have kept that to yourself. <laughs> to a degree. So, so the point was Chainsaw Man Part 2, Chapter downer. 1. I'm so sorry. Chainsaw now. Man Part 2, Chapter 1 reminds me of my mom. Oh, wow. And now it reminds all of us. Anyone who listened now is now cursed. And now it's I now, don't like your mom because I feel so has, sorry has, for has her. It's now been infected, and <laughs> it, it's been infected with the idea now of Val's mom fucking dropping a turtle oh my <laughs> fucking god yeah oh, she was so, fuck this is like childhood and we I can't cut this bit note. because that's then, so funny there's gonna be this sudden bit where we're talking about chainsaw man and then we just we cut and then we're suddenly we're super fucking depressed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wow uh, what just a good way that. to no, that's that. a great way to end there. it i like honest. it yeah yeah, everyone, thanks for fucking listening to this really weird random episode. But this is what happens when there's no manga to read. Train, we're pulling up to the station, everyone. Take care. Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as 
Ruby, Death Battle, Tribe 9, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode was edited by Stina Carey, with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Gooner Bear, Mary Bowtie, and Hope D. Cruz. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast, and crew, or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.